Welcome to Conversations With. My name is Shaley Hugendorn and I live with Bipolar 2 Disorder. Sharing with others is healing both individually and collectively. Sharing our stories will educate others, bring more understanding, shed more light and smash more stigma. Our voices need to be heard. Our stories aren't over yet. This is Bipolar. Hi everyone and welcome back to This is Bipolar podcast. My name is Shaylee Hugendorn. I'm joining you from the unceded territory of the Kwantlen and Katsi people in British Columbia, Canada. My pronouns are she, her. I live with bipolar 2 disorder and I'm a mental health advocate. And I'm really excited to have Edson here today because we have been trying to do this for a couple months now. And he has been so lovely and patient as I go through sickness and work things. And, and I'm just really grateful that he's here. Edson, I would love you to tell a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're coming from. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Edison. Um, I go by he, him. I'm from Myanmar. Um, it's a country in Southeast Asia. I, I have bipolar too, um, and I work in PR industry. Awesome. Awesome. And I saw, did I see right when in your submission that you were a manager for a dance crew? Is this correct? Did I read that? Yes, I was. Yes, <laughs> I was a manager for a dance crew and we were, um, we were on America's Got Talent, the champion season two in 2020. That is so great. I love that. I read that. I was like, what a cool experience. So do you have a little bit of a background in dance or you just, you knew the people or how did that just tell me a little bit? I'm so curious. Oh, well, um, actually the crew and I met um, well, while I was working um, for a youth program by UNICEF. So we actually met at the, the event and then, you know, we became friends. And then later, later on, they said they need, they needed a manager to manage the group because, you know, they were going to America's Got Talent. So they contacted me and I was, I became their manager. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for telling us about that. I was, when I read that, I was like, oh, that's a story. But that's amazing. Um, I just love to jump into it, Edison. Edison. Um, could you tell me? Tell me, maybe go back to when maybe you noticed or maybe you didn't and you look back now and see that something was different or maybe something was wrong. Tell me about that. Well, um, I, I think it was probably in my um, late teenage years, you know, teenage years, late teenage years and early 20s where, you know, I... I thought I thought it was depression because you know some days I couldn't get out of bed some days I feel very you know very tired I have no energy at all so I thought it was depression because you know I was I was sad almost all the time as well yeah. but then um, some people you know it's actually some people that started to notice that you know even though I say I'm, I have I had depression some days I was very energetic my energy was very you know top of like it's, it, I'm on the top of the world and I spent a lot of money as well so I started uh, to notice myself as well like oh I, I thought I had depression but you know some days I'm very energetic some days I'm very how can I say it? I'm 
I'm very cool, you know, I'm, I'm like a cool person. Yeah. And I'm not, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not a kind of depressed guy that I used, that I thought I was. So, you know, I started to notice the pattern and then I, you know, I Google some of the symptoms and, you know, it start it shows up like maybe, maybe I have bipolar, but, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't want to diagnose myself without mm-hmm. any medical profession. So, you know, I, I try to go to um, psychiatric and then, yeah. you know, after rounds of discussions and counseling, I was officially diagnosed bipolar 2. Bipolar 2. Yeah. It happens so much with the bipolar 2 with the dep- of getting the diagnosis of depression first, right? Because that feels feels completely wrong, right? So were when you were mm-hmm. um, in your depressive episodes, you said that started when, when you were a teenager? Late teenage years, yeah. Late teenage years and into probably your- nine, 19, yeah. Yeah. And so you, when you started noticing like, Hey, this, this behavior over here isn't lining up with the depression. So you did, you chose yourself to go get help. Did you have like a breakdown or you just kept Googling and wanted to, you were curious, tell me what, what led up to you going to talk to, and you said you went to psychiatric, is that a hospital or to a a psychiatrist? Tell me a little bit about how that works in your country. Well, I actually, I went to a psychiatrist um, because, you know, they weren't, you know, mental hospital isn't a very, doesn't have any good reputation in my country. So, I mean, in terms of, you know, there, there are lots of stigmas and stereotypes surrounding mental hospital. So I yeah. just went to a psychiatrist in a mental health survey. Um, but yeah, I, I actually, I, I noticed some of the behaviors uh, mm-hmm. myself and also there are some some of my friends who encourage me to you know go see some medical professional you know instead of because um instead of you know struggling myself because they thought I had depression and I thought I, I had depression so but then you know some of the behaviors doesn't align with depression so right you know I, I google it and then I, I didn't know what was bipolar back then so you know I was I was curious as well that's why I went to a psychiatrist yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So then when you felt what you now know is is hypomania, so would you, um, you said that you spent money, what were some other out of character kind of behaviors that, that you did? Or how did you feel? You said that you did, I really resonated when you were like, yeah, I was the cool guy, because the amount of confidence that you get, right? When, when you're, when you're hypermanic, hypomanic, so you so that was a lot of questions. So I'm curious about, yeah, just tell me how you experienced hypomania, because I think that people sometimes understand a little bit about depression, but I think one of the hardest things for people that don't experience it to understand is hypomania. So tell me about how you experience it. Well, uh, for me, my experience um, were, you know, I first First, I spent a lot of money on, you know, small things, yeah. not the big things. I, I, I spent, I spent lots of money on, you know, different small things. And then second thing is I stay up all night. I don't mm. get tired. You know, I, someday I just stay up all night, you know, just doing nothing. Sometimes, sometimes I read the whole book, you know, overnight. And some yeah. of the days I, you know, I, I, I did things that I normally don't do like cooking you know I don't cook much I didn't cook much but you know sometimes I cook late at night 
Yeah. So that's that's not the behavior that you know. Um, what can I say? Um, it's not what you know normal yeah. behavior. Regular. So yeah, that's yeah. how that yeah that's how I recognize some of the behaviors um, of hypomania. Yeah. So did you were you googling like I'm not sleeping? I'm not like putting in all your symptoms. And is yeah. That like, yeah. 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 And then do, yeah. doing one of those. Did you ever do one of those tests? Like some of those online tests? Like oh yes, yeah. lots yeah. of tests. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's so many on there, and they're not. It's not to say that they're bad, but there's just so much out there. I remember taking them, but I kept like taking all of them and it would say I had every one, like every single one, every different, yeah. I'm like, this, this can't be because they overlap so much, right? Like at one point I thought I had ADHD and then I thought I had all these other things. But so what does it look like for us in, for us in Canada, we have to go to our regular doctor and then you have to get a referral to a psychiatrist. Or in my case, I was in a crisis. So I went to emergency, like the regular hospital. And then they had a psychiatrist there that I talked to before I got help. How does that work for you? Do you just go to a psychiatrist? Do you have a regular doctor first? Well, um, I went to a psychiatrist first. Because in my country, we don't have a mental health policy. So, you know, and there are lots of stigma surrounding mental health. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, people going to mental hospital um, doesn't look good, yeah. you know, for in, in our society um, culturally as well. So, um, but there are lots of um, mental health service and um, mental clinics. So we, I just went to one of the clinics. But um, even then... It wasn't very affordable, you know, for, okay. for, because I was a student back then, you know, yeah. mental health, um, since we don't have a mental health policy, you know, insurance doesn't cover uh, mental health bills as well. Anything? None of it? None of it. Wow. So, yeah. Um, and it was, you know, the service were very expensive. Um, so for a student like me, you know, it, it costs so much. So I, you know. I couldn't go there, you know, to every appointment because it's very expensive. Yeah. yeah even now it's, it's, you know, even now it's not, it's not in an affordable range. Wow. So if you're struggling, you don't have the money, you just don't get help. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And we, and funny thing is we don't have any hotline on mental illness or, you know, any mental health care as well. Really? So no suicide hotlines, no, yeah, no crisis hotlines. Yeah, there were some um, hotlines, but they're not very medical professionals. Oh, okay. They're just voluntary basic. So, you know, it's it's. I'm not saying it's not helpful. It's helpful in any way, but you know, since yeah. it's not professional, yeah. Um, you know, sometimes health can be very. Um, how can I say? People can feel a little helpless. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And you talked about um, uh, a lot of stigma um, in your in your country. Uh, what do you think, like it, for the people around you or in your city, or what do you think some of the main uh, stigmas are, like um, believing it's weak, or you know just seeing what's on TV and thinking 
the worst, right? The worst that we see on TV. Um, tell me some of the things, or maybe even, I don't know about you, but I have a lot of internalized stigma just from what I saw on TV and growing up. Um, could you talk to me a little bit about stigma and your country and maybe yourself? Okay, so um, in my country, the stigma surrounding mental health is the worst because, you know, when somebody talks, when somebody says they have, um, they have mental illness, people think they should be detained in a hospital wow. um, because that's, that's the worst stigma ever. And, you know, when, whenever somebody said that they had depression or they have anxiety, people see they're the weakest um, of all. So it's, it's, it's very sad. Uh, for me, I have lots of internalized stigma as well because, you know, I've seen the worst on TV and I've heard the worst um, yeah. from, from my country and from my society. So um, the worst thing, um, uh, the worst thing I experienced is I, I didn't believe in my diagnosis at first. Because, mm. you know, I don't want to, I didn't want to believe it. I didn't want to believe that I had the bipolar. Yeah. You no, know, I, I, you know, I had this thought like, I don't want to be, I don't want to end up like those people on TV or the people that I've heard, you know, should be detained yeah. in the hospital. So I, I didn't believe at first. It was very hard for me to, you know, unlearn these stigmas and stereotypes. Yeah. Um, but even then now I had internalized pill shaming sometimes, you know, sometimes I had like, why do I have to take pills like all the time? No, yeah. you know, what if, what if they don't work at all? What if, you know, I never get better. I had this kind of internalized, um, you know, thoughts sometimes as well. And it's, I'm still in learning because, you know, we're, that's, that's what we have to do constantly and learning and learning things. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I mean, I'm 12 years into my diagnosis and I still, I still struggle with a lot of those things. I mean, especially like you said on television and in society, I mean, the first thing that you usually hear is that bipolar folks are violent, right? Criminals, yes, exactly. all of, all of these things, or, or then there's the other, I'm always, whenever I watch TV and there's like the mom, and then you notice she's a wild artist. And then she like usually is a terrible mother that abandons her kids. I just like close my eyes. I'm like, they're just gonna, they're gonna say she's like bipolar, right? It's so, so frustrating. Um, just that there's no representation of, you know, people like you and I that are just trying to get through, through the yeah. day. Um, I hear you about the pill shaming. Actually, there's been like a conversation on, on Instagram. It took me a long time because in the beginning, and tell me if you felt like this, I just kept thinking, instead of just embracing it, I kept thinking, when am I going to get off? Like, when am I going to get off this medicine? I All the time. Yeah, right? And then I, I felt like that was like a hindrance to me even focusing on get, doing the other things to get better, because I kept just kept thinking that I had to be, everything had to be completely gone, no more symptoms, and then I would get off medication, and then you know, because we take a Tylenol and it takes away our headache. But what people don't understand is you take medicine for mood disorders, but it doesn't take it away. Right. Yeah, like, exactly. I don't know about you. For me, it just mutes it a little bit. How about you? They you know it doesn't take all, all of this away. It just makes me stable. It just make me function well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, do you have do you still get 
depressive or hypomanic episodes. I know for me, until actually recently, it, for like 10 years, I had like normal downs for like regular, um, you know, situational things. Whereas before it would be depression was just there, even if my life was awesome. Um, so the medicine really helps with that, but I still get um, hypomanic. But again, muted. But do you find that? Um, yeah, how does that work for you? Do you still have certain episodes? Well, I I was I am the opposite of you because I okay. have depressive episodes more than hypomanic. Okay. Because um, you know, very recently, back in June, was you know the worst mental state of my life so far. I, I was very depressive. I cannot work. I cannot get out of bed. So, you know, I had to take a leave for a month. Wow. Imagine a month. So, yeah. But then my work is very understanding. They have, um, you know, a mental health policy in at work. Um, you know, um, my work encourage um, employees to, you know, talk with the counselor that they partner with. It's, yeah. it's very confidential. And the cost was covered by them. So, oh, yay. Wow, yeah. is that very rare? Yeah, that's very rare in my country because, you know, most of the, the businesses and organizations in my country doesn't allow um, mental health sick days, right. just normal sick days. Because, right. you know, and we can't, we, you know, we can't even talk about how we are struggling or how we, well, we had mental illness because, you know, when, when you said, or you have mental illness, you know, that's the kind of point to, you know, terminate you, you know, they can, they can fire you. What? So, yeah. Wow. Because, you know, like I said, we have no mental health policy. So, you know, we can't, you know, nobody's back us up. Wow. But luckily, um, I, my company is very understanding, wow. you know, we, the, it, you know, I, I also posted a very lengthy, post on LinkedIn about how I had bipolar yeah. and then you know my HR contacted me one day so I was like why am I going to get fired for that yeah. post but no actually um he talked about you know he, he talked about how can they improve you know to to ensure everybody you know everybody talks about mental health all you know everybody gets their time off when they're struggling so you know it was, it was very inspiring and it was it was very encouraging um wow. you know um, yeah, it's, wow. it's very rare opportunity as well. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about, um, I'm always curious, tell me about when you were, po wh what state were you in when you were posting that on LinkedIn? Like, how were you feeling? Were you feeling like the world has to know? Or what were you, what were you thinking when you made that LinkedIn post? Um, I, I think it was World Bipolar Day. Ah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I posted like, this is World Bipolar Day, and I have bipolar too. But I'm, you know, people, people have this mindset that, you know, pe bipolar people cannot work or cannot excel in their work or, you know, they're very um, violent or they're very depressive. But here I am, I'm working, I'm, the ma I'm at the manager level at the PR industry, you know, a very stressful industry. So, mm -hmm. and I talk about how, you know, pe you know, people at work or, you know, the company should, you know, ensure that everybody's voice is heard and you know our struggle um cannot be neglected so but but in a very positive way but you know i i get very anxious when hr contacted me yes i can imagine 
you're like, uh oh, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good for you for posting that. That's really, that's really brave. I know um, doing this work that I do on the podcast, obviously I can talk about it, but I'm a, an elementary school teacher. I'm a substitute teacher. So I go in when people are sick, et cetera. And, but because I'm in all different schools, I don't like have one boss, right. Or I don't have, yeah. so I don't have to, uh, I don't have to disclose if it ever comes up, I talk about it, but um yeah, to put it out there for for employers. How do you so within your um, community of folks around you? Do you I mean, obviously, it's on LinkedIn, but it is there spaces for you to talk about it? Do you have like understand? Like, how did that work? Did you like when you first found out and you finally accepted it? Did you tell people? Um, it, it took a year for me to, you know, open up to people because there, you know, even, even if I accepted, accepted my diagnosis and accepted that I have mental illness, you know, stigma still exists. So, you know, I don't want to, um, I don't want to be, you know, outcasted by my friends or my family. Um, I even told my family this year, they just, they just found out this year that I bipolar, but they were, but, you know, very, very fortunately, they were very accepting. You know, my mom even said, you know, these days with these political climates, you know, everybody should check their mental illness. They either have one diagnosis or one symptom, you know, my yeah. mom was very understanding. Yeah. Oh, that's so wonderful. I'm so, I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. I find, um, I could like tell the whole world on a podcast, but then sometimes when it's closer, it's harder, right? Yeah, I, I, you know, I even posted some of um, inspiring facts or some of the tactics that I used to, you know, stabilize um, online, especially on stories on Instagram or Facebook. But, you know, when it comes to talking face-to-face -face with other people, you know, I feel a little anxious because I, you know, I, I don't know how they will react. And, you know, I don't know how I will react when they react. Right, right. Yeah. yeah and I, I, I'm i really sensitive to body language, right? Like if I feel like they're like yeah. this, I'm like, <laughs> take it back. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's really interesting. Um, So do you think if you try, like if you moved on to another job, do you think that um, in your country, do you think that because that's on LinkedIn, do you think that you might get discriminated against? Or what do you think about that? Well, um, it's out there. So, you know, I have to embrace it. Um, but, um, uh, you know, my my philosophy is that if they can accept your, you know, if, if, if they can accept you, you know, why do I have to exist there? You know, I will move, I will either move on, you know, I, I will move on to another job or, you know, I will take a break from job as well. Yeah, you. but um, nowadays um, people are very accepting, you know, people are starting to have a conversation around mental illness because we have, you know, a political turmoil. So people are starting to talk about, you know, you know, everybody should talk about mental health Everybody should take care of themselves mentally as well. You know, yeah. It's very, it's very good. People are starting to have a conversation um, these these years. Yeah. Yeah. And do you find that it's more um, uh, the the younger folks that are talking about it more? Yeah, especially yeah, the younger folks. Like yeah. 
yeah. like the younger ones, even even younger than me. You yeah. know, they're they're very open, they're very accepting, they're very understanding. You know, it's very good to see that young generations are very, you know, open and accepting than yeah. older folks. Right, right. I noticed that even um, I have teenage children. And they talk about like, they tell their friends, oh, I'm going to be late for school, I'm going to therapy or, you know, um, uh, different things like that. I remember my, my one kid, she didn't tell me and then all of a sudden she's like, oh, can I interview for you for a few things? I'm like, what is this? Uh, what's this for? And she's like, oh, I'm doing a project on bipolar and I'm telling them about your podcast and stuff. And at first I was like this is so amazing like I was just so proud of her because usually people in high school like they already think their parents aren't cool right which yeah. my kids don't think I'm cool but the the fact that they would share that and not be afraid of judgment and I was like so excited and then I was like I haven't even met their teacher yet like that might be awkward what if they're weird you know what if they act weird sometimes I think like it's easier when someone knows me for a bit because I almost feel like, tell me if you feel like, because I almost have to prove that I'm not crazy before I tell someone. Do you ever feel like that? Absolutely, all the time. Like whenever I had to, you know, whenever I talk with somebody and I, you know, I just drop, I had bipolar. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'm very anxious and very, you know, afraid that they might think I'm crazy. Yeah, right. That's, that's the first thing that can, comes into my mind. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, and when I was younger, it was like, it mattered. And it, not to say that it doesn't now, but it, everyone's opinion mattered so much. And I, like, I love what you said about your philosophy about like, if they don't accept me, I will move on or find something else. I've, you know, I've, one of the biggest things that's helpful for healing it, it's like, okay, if they're going to stigmatize me, or they're going to treat me this certain way, I, you know, I don't need that in my life. And that's more of a them problem, right? I try to think of yeah. it like that so that it's not always because, um, you know, with depression and, and I'm sure you know this, we feel cool when we're hypomanic, but in depression, we think the worst about ourselves. Yeah. Right. Yes, I'm wondering, right. I know it's really hard to talk about, but I'm wondering if you could tell me lately, I've been doing posts on Instagram that has been really getting a lot of messages back at how comforting it is to hear about and how hard it is to talk about. I'm wondering if you'd be willing to share some of the you know, some of the hard thoughts that circle in your mind um, when you're depressed. And if you're willing to share, do you have thoughts about disappearing or not wanting to be, you know, in this world anymore when you are depressed? Could you tell us a, a little bit about what goes on for you in when you're depressed? Well, when I get depressed, you know, I always think of the worst. Because, you know, like you said, I always think about how I want to disappear from this world, you know, how I, I don't matter to anybody, you know, it's, it's the worst feeling ever, you know, it's, it's bringing you down all the time, you know, it's, it's very hard, very, it's very, very hard, you know, to even get out of bed, you know, that's, that's the thing, because, you know, when you get depressed, you don't want to get out of bed, not because you're lazy, you just can't, you just don't have it, I just don't have any, any energy. Yeah, you know yeah. that that's also um, a misconception that some people, um, you know, most people have. You know, when we're when we're feeling depressed, they think we're lazy. You know, we just want to lay in bed all day, but actually, you know, we just don't have energy to move. 
Yeah. You know, it's even it's it's even hard to breathe and breathe out. Yes. It's very, you know, energy consuming. Yes. That's 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 what I want everyone to know. Yes. Charlotte, we're not lazy. We're, we're not. not lazy. No, and I think that as a society we can see physical exhaustion, but it's harder to see mental exhaustion. And you said it exactly right. Like it's hard to breathe. It's hard to even uh, function in your head. The thought of getting out of bed, like having a shower, like when people say, oh, you just need to get outside. I'm like, I don't think you understand that. Like saying that to me when I'm like, this is saying, Hey, why don't you climb Mount Everest? Right? Like it's, it, it's not something that seems in the realm of possibility for me. Right. Yeah. 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 And even when I'm depressed, you know, when I say I, I couldn't get out of bed. I just stay in one position because, you know, I don't have energy to move to the other side. Yeah. I just, I just don't feel like it. I, I'm very, you know, I'm very tired. Yeah. 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 And so, you and, said, oh, yeah. sorry. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, and when you talk about the worst um, depressive episode I had back in um, this June, yeah. um, I was very, I had, the, I have this societal thought like, it's not like I'm thinking about it. It's like somebody is, you know, constantly telling me to, you know, yeah. do that or constantly telling me to, you know, disappear from this world. I couldn't help. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Yeah. You know, that's when I, you know, I couldn't focus in my work. You know, every time I try to focus on my work, you know, that voice just came up. You know, whatever you're doing doesn't matter. You're, you're going to eat, you know, you're going to disappear from the floor either way. You know, so just do it now. Why wait? So it, it's the thought, it's, you know, it's very, um, it's the worst feeling ever, you know? Yeah. I think that that's, um, that's really important. And what I like, what you said is you, you didn't have a plan. Cause I think that there's like a spectrum, right. And there's like thoughts, and then, you know, and then plans. And I yes. think that we're so afraid to talk about it. And I know for years, I was like, nope, never had a suicidal thought. No, no, no. And then when I started to understand that it's more than just having a plan, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess wishing that I would sleep and never wake up. That's suicidal ideation. Like that's thinking yes. about disappearing. And in fact, I read something, I'm not very good with facts or numbers, but I read something about like even folks without mental illness, these kinds of thoughts happen, right? We just yeah. don't talk about them and how how normal it is. And I think people think that if you talk about it, it's going to make someone do it. Whereas it's quite the opposite, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Like having the freedom to be able to talk about it. Like even you here talking about this, maybe someone will hear and feel like, oh, me too. And that it's not, your brain lies to you and tells you you're the only one, right? You're the yeah. only one like this. Yeah, because you know, I, you know, I'm a very, I'm very active on social media. So back, back when I was depressive, and then you know, that one day when I have a little energy, I posted a very lengthy post on Facebook as well. You know how yeah. I'm very, I have suicidal ideation. Yeah, I'm very depressive. So you know, and while I'm, you know, I, I didn't know why I posted that anyway because you know, I maybe I'm trying to you know, trying to get someone to understand me or you know even reach out to me and yeah. I'm also reaching out to anyone who's struggling as well in my yeah. in my post I um I added a sentence that says um if you're struggling you're not alone I'm also struggling you know but 
um, I'm trying to get better. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't like this, but I'm trying to get better. So you know, you can, you can get help too. You can get better too. Yeah. You know, and and I and I got a lot of messages from that post. You know, some most of them are like most of them are, hey, how are you? I'm here for you. You know, oh. if you want to talk, I'm here for you. But some of the messages were very interesting because they they're also saying I have this same situation. I I'm having this thought as well. What can I do? You know, how can I get help? So that way, I'm very, I'm very glad that they reached out to me because I can, you know, I can refer them to, you know, mental health service or any help that they can get, or you know, even a personal, um, uh, even a tips for my personal experience. Yeah. You know, I can, I can share that, I can share that with them. So I'm very, I'm very glad that I posted that. Um, anyway, either way. Yeah, yeah, I love that, and I find it so interesting that I mean, I feel like. We people talk a lot more about how social media is bad for your mental health. And, and there's truth in all of those comparing and, and I get that, but I feel like it's a beautiful tool for a lot of us that struggle with mental health, because it feels kind of like a little bit safer to write those things on your computer and put it out to the world, whereas I might not say it. And sometimes it feels like a relief or you get those, those messages. I mean, when we, Julie, my old co-host, when we started this podcast, we were like, you know what, if one person listens, if one person listens, then we feel that made us feel, uh, you know, so, so good. And then we were like shocked that lots of people listened, <laughs> right? And so, um, yeah, I love that that you use social media as a as a tool. Yeah. For sharing social media is sure. Social media is how I found out your podcast was too. So. Oh, did you, know, you did you see it find yeah. it on Instagram? Yeah, it's on Instagram. So you know, yeah. I, I you know, oh, this is podcast. So I've never listened to podcast before, but you know, there's you know, there's bipolar, so I'll I'll just you know listen to it. Then it, you know it's you know, hearing your podcast, it, it's really, you know, it's, it, it, it drews me because, you know, what, what you're talking about, where my experience as well, those are my struggles, you know, you are my people, so, yes. you know, yeah, you know, finally, finally, I found somebody who understands me, you know, who validates my um, struggle, so it's, you know, it, it's, it's very, you're very helpful, your podcast is very, you know, it's, it's like a safe space for me, you know, you. things that I didn't get to say out loud, you're saying it for me. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thanks for saying that. I, I think because, you know, um, I'm really outgoing and such that people think that, um, you know, that it's always comfortable or whatever, because I get really excited just because like you said, like, I, it feels weird to say I'm on an ex pot, I'm excited to talk about hard things, right? but it's because I get to talk to people like you, like that you're my people, right? So I, yes. I am excited to talk about like actually terrible things because it makes me feel, it makes me feel uh, less alone. But thank you for saying that because honestly, like once a month I get like really insecure and I'm just like, take it all off the internet. Like this is a terrible idea. And then I have to remind myself and I, I keep all the messages um, just to remind myself when I'm like, my brain's telling me that I suck and that why are you even doing this? And so, yeah, thanks for, thanks for saying that. What made yeah. you, uh, what made you want to come on the podcast? Um, because, you know, since like, like I said, you're my people. So 
you know, there they they are people like us out there. So you know, if you know, like you said, if only one people listen, you know, and and they felt seen or they felt validated, you know, I'm very glad, you know. So yeah, and that's that's why I posted, you know, um, some of the tips and you know share posts on my social media as well because you know, you know, lots of people may seen may have seen that post, but you know, if one people who's struggling just like me see that post and you know felt felt a little less struggle, yeah, you know, I'm very glad to 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 help them. Yeah, I, I, I love that you said that. And one of the things that surprised me, because I was always thinking about, um, you know, comforting or having someone feel less alone. One of the things that surprised me, which I think is really powerful, is that people that uh, interact a lot that don't have bipolar disorder, but they love someone that does, because there is way more people that have bipolar disorder than we even know, right? And I thought that that was really encouraging to me that people were caring enough to to listen and understand the other other people in their life so I imagine you're doing that too and um, I have a few more questions but if you're listening tune in because I am going to ask Edison in a separate um, separate little uh, clip that what things he does to stay as healthy as he can so make sure you check that out after this but um, before we end Edison I would love to hear what would be if there was someone listening right now that was really, really struggling, say they were like as sad um, as you were in that month that you were at home or that they were, you know, flying high and really anxious and angry and some of the things that go along with hypomania. What's something that you would like to say to say to them today? Um, wow, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, no, no worries. Um, I would say something that I would say to myself as well, you know, while I'm struggling or while I'm feeling high. Um, you know, your life can get better. Mm-hmm. You know, the moment you're in right now are not the state that you're going to be in forever. You know, things will change. You know, things can improve. You know, there may be ups and downs. But, you know, looking back at those days, you know, I survived those days. So, you know, I will survive all, all those days that will, you know, that might come later as well. You know, that's, that's how I, um, that's how I live every day as well. You know, I, I try to look back to those days, you know, think, think like, oh, I struggled that, but I survived, you know, I will survive too. Yeah. 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 Cause it's like when we're depressed, it's like, we forget all the other days that we got through right? Or we forget that feeling of feeling anything good. So I love what you said, like just remembering that you've made it through before and that you will again. That that was lovely. I love that. I love that so much. Um, My last question for you is what is something, and I think you said a few things, but what is um, one of the kindest uh, thing that someone has you know, or people have said to you or done for you when you're struggling? Um, it's actually with my best friend. Um, we met, uh, we hang out when I, you know, back in June, but, uh, you know, while, while, I, while I was getting better, we had, a, we had a lunch and she said, I didn't know what to say to you, but I will always be there for you. I will always be your ears, you know, whenever you have, whenever you're struggling, just come and talk to me. You know, 
I, you know, I, you know, I don't know how to react or I don't know what to say, but I will always listen for you. You know, that's the kindest words I ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I was telling, um, I spoke at an event uh, this weekend and one of the questions was like, what is the best thing to say? And what if I'm awkward? And I said, you know what, if start out by saying, I don't know what to say, but I'm here, right? Because there isn't the perfect thing to say. Um, But yeah, starting out with, I don't know what to say, but I'm here. How lovely your best friend. Yeah, really, really. And you know, by saying, I don't know what to say, or I don't know how to react, you know, it's the burdens become very less because, you know, we, we know we didn't, we, we know we can't expect you know, any big reactions or any very big work from them. But, you know, it's it's the comfort feeling that, you know, we get from them. Yeah. And just the fact that they're willing to show up, because I know lots of people have said, well, I don't say anything at all, or I don't bring it up because I might say the wrong thing. Well, I'd rather you say, you know, the but tell me that you're trying, then not the worst is when someone finds out and then they never speak of it again. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's like yeah. so so awkward, right? Oh, because then you don't you don't know. But a lot, I mean, I can't speak for any everyone and you can't either. But when I'm doing better or any, you know, even when I'm not, just to ask, you know, just to ask me how I'm doing, or even um now where I'm at, like I love when people ask me, like, oh, I've heard this about bipolar, or I saw this at T, you know, on TV. Do you experience that? Or or ask me about it, that makes me feel really like cared about, right? That they even, Mm. that they even would, would listen, but yeah. And I also, I wanted to, I just want to thank you so much. Thank you for um, applying to come on the podcast. For those of you that are wondering, we open up submissions. Well, so far I've done it like once because we have so many people that want to be on the podcast and I wish I could interview someone every day, but um, I just want to thank you so much for coming on. And I think, um, I don't know, you know, if it's more in your country or if you agree, but I feel like there's just this added stigma on, um, on men, uh, just because, you know, there's not as many opportunities to talk and to might talk less to, to, to people about hard things. So I think that it's really awesome and, and brave that you've come, you know, come forward and share, uh, in all the spaces that you share. So thank you so much for doing that. Thank you for showing up on LinkedIn and representing us, us bipolar folks. Um, yes. Yeah, yes. I'm really grateful. And this was such a, such a lovely conversation. Um, and thank I hope you for that- letting me share my stories too. Of course, of course. And I love, I love learning about, um, you know, how people experience things, things in different countries. And I hope that there's, I know that your words are going to help people all over the world, but I hope that it comforts um, people in, in your country as well uh, that are, that are struggling to see that, you know, you can be honest and you can reach out and that there, there is help. And I hope too, I hope that there, you know, you were saying that things people are starting to talk. I hope that things get better and the policies um, get better as well. So yeah, thank you so much. And everybody else, uh, stay tuned because I'm really excited to hear what Edison's going to tell us that things that he does to stay well. So yeah, thank you. This is Bipolar. Thanks again for tuning in. You can find video versions of This is Bipolar on our YouTube channel. 
we also have all our previous and soon to be future episodes of the podcast on Apple, Podbean, Spotify, and Google Play. We spend most of our time on Instagram at this.is.bipolar. There is a vibrant community there where we have conversations and post different ideas and different strategies, and we'd just love for you to join us there. It is so helpful if you enjoy our work or think it would be helpful to someone if you could like and share and save and follow us in all or any of those spaces. If you're a listener for the podcast, if you could leave a review, we would be forever grateful. Again, thank you for being here with us. Let's get the word out. Let's share lived experiences so that we can change the ideas that people have about bipolar and help those of us that live with it feel less alone. This is bipolar.